Now they're 14 minutes past eight, and it seems like a long-awaited trade war between China and the U.S., could be about to break out as President Donald Trump ordered a probe into Beijing's alleged violation of American intellectual property, as well as aimed at reducing that trade deficit with China, which was over $300 billion last year. President Trump's been offering to back off as a bargaining chip in handling the North Korean nuclear threat. Let's bring in Professor Young Jun Sok from the Department of Economics at Catholic University of Korea. Good morning to you. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. Good morning. So what really is the significance of that decision by the Trump administration to take more seriously to investigate China's intellectual property rules violation? Okay, well, uh, it uh, seems like the uh, Trump administration, well, uh, during its campaign, it did promise that it would get tougher on China. It has been uh, delayed for various reasons, but it seems that tr- uh, President Trump, uh, whether because he's uh, in a bad position politically or whether because he's uh, trying to uh, keep his promise to his campaign, is finally getting around to uh, doing something about China. And in a sense, he's picked the uh, somewhat easiest target first, uh, because uh, the uh, intellectual property right protection, at least from the point of view of the United States and United States trade law, is somewhat easier to deal with uh, than uh, other type of issues uh, like anti-dumping or unfair uh, export practices. Experts say this could trigger Section 301 of the 1974 Trade Act, which Beijing is reacting sensitively about and is vowing to retaliate. Uh, This is where we start talking about a trade war. Um, What would be the impact? Okay, well, we have to uh, differentiate uh, Section 301, Super 301, and Special 301. Uh, This is an interest really only to trade lawyers, so I'll try to keep this as short as possible. Section 301, uh, American business or a labor union or industry or USTR itself can uh, look at uh, unfair trade practices of its major partners and when it finds one or when uh, it submits it to the uh, USTR and then USTR examines the case and if, uh, if USTR finds that it's valid, then it has to start negotiating with the country which carries out that unfair trade practice. If the negotiation doesn't uh, work out uh, to USTR satisfaction, then it can start uh, retaliation. Now, this, at least uh, the idea of it, is contrary to WTO agreements. Uh, but the uh, past presidents, uh, they've been... Um, using the executive order to make it more consistent with how WTO works. So Section 301, as it operates right now, is consistent uh, with WTO agreement. And then there's Super 301, uh, which is where the uh, USTR annually examines all the major trading partners and try to find unfair trade practices of its own and start negotiations. Um, so uh, that is uh, also somewhat contrary to WTO's uh, WTO agreements. Uh, but the law on that actually ran out in 1991. But President Clinton and Bush, when they're pushed politically, they've, revi- uh, they've uh, re- reincarnated this order using uh, executive order rather than law. And then Special 301, which deals with uh, intellectual property rights, uh, the USTO 
major trading partners every year, look at their IPR protection standards, and they classify it into three categories. If you're caught in the worst category, then again, USTR starts negotiation. And if the result isn't to America's satisfaction, then they start retaliatory actions. This is generally thought to be against WTO agreements, but because you're evaluating practices rather than a single act, uh, it gives the USTR a lot more flexibility. What really is the significance of targeting intellectual property, among other areas that could have been brought up here at this point? Okay, well, in terms of concrete uh, profit and loss, uh, the Americans, uh, American industries have been complaining a lot about uh, IPR copying by China, uh, especially movies. Uh, obviously, that's a big industry for the United States, but also various technologies uh, which uh, America considers their advantages for the future. Uh, they can't really compete on China with costs, uh, so they'll have to compete with technology, and if uh, China is just copying them, it costs them a lot in the long run. And uh, and then diplomatically or trade, uh, trade law-wise, IPR protection under uh, Special 301 gives them a lot more flexibility because they, uh, as currently uh, as the U.S. practices it, it's uh, somewhat not completely consistent with WTO agreement, and you can judge the entire country's practices rather than individual actions, and that gives them a more uh, wide leeway in terms of negotiations. So they can go tougher under negotiations, or if the situation warrants it, they can go softer under negotiations. So it gives them a lot of options. What about from South Korea's perspective? We could be affected in a number of ways, couldn't we? Um, one of them might be our exports of intermediary goods to China if Chinese exports to the U.S. suffer. Okay, well, Special 301 only deals with intellectual property rights, but if this spreads to merchandise trade uh, under, uh, say, either a Super 301 process or Section 301 process, uh, and Super 301, uh, if uh, President Trump wants to use that option, then he'll have to uh, pass a law or sign an executive order, which he hasn't done yet. Uh, so there's still some leeway in that case. But if they do decide to go with Section 301 or uh, Special three, uh, Section 301 or Super 301 option, um, then, well, uh, there hasn't been an official figure, but uh, various academic studies uh, seem to say that about quarter to half of Korea's exports are intermediate parts, which are in turn uh, used for exports. Yes. So, so uh, if... And the uh, China uh, Chinese exports to the United States are about eighteen to twenty percent of their total tra- uh, total exports. So, at the worst case scenario, we're looking at maybe five to ten percent uh, hit on Korea's, uh, Korea uh, exports to China. It will probably not be that high because typically Super uh, Super Three Hundred One or Section Three Hundred One looks at individual practice, so uh, one or two industries at a time. Uh, but uh, there is a potential that Korean intermediate exports could be hit. Finally, we are just about out of time, but I should mention, Professor Young, that uh, USTR has announced that Korea's USFTA 
renegotiation will start on August 22nd here in Seoul. According to USTR, it's been announced this morning. Is this indicative of a general attitude within that trade body? Uh, right now, uh, Lighthouser uh, and most of the USTR are saying that they don't, uh, they're not interested in getting rid of Chorus FTA. They're interested in updating it. Uh, so there'll probably be negotiations in uh, some mutually agreed on uh, topics, perhaps uh, more in-depth regulations on electronic commerce that both sides are interested in, and some uh, politically sensitive industries like uh, steel, uh, automobiles and uh, services for the United States. Mm. Uh, but uh, as always, President Trump is a wild card. Uh, <laughs> this has been the USTR's point of view. They're interested in modifying the Chorus FTA, not eliminating it. But, uh, but you're well, watching the space closely, Trump. Professor Young. We've got to leave it there. Thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you. Professor Young Jun Sog of Catholic University of Korea.